trigger warning. Today's episode, my friends, is going to be very intense. And I know I'm using the echo, but I am being very serious right now. I'm going to be reviewing one of the most disgusting, revolting, depraved movies of all time. And if you're easily triggered by the following and you don't want to listen to this episode, then that's totally fine. I understand. The following includes rape, incest, cannibalism, foot fetishes, extreme close-ups of buttholes, poop, eating poop. I think I'm probably missing a few, but I kind of had to stop myself because I, uh, I'm just a little nauseous. I'm reviewing here! Ooh, baby! Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of I'm Reviewing Here, a podcast where I, Matthew Bussey, watch and review Sight and Sound's top greatest movies of all time. I'm on a Meet the Parents, like, obsession right now. Do you guys ever, like, have those periods where there's just, like, one movie or two movies or, like, a franchise that you just get really into for, like, one week and one week only, and then you kind of, like, move on to the next thing? Yeah, this is the week of Meet the Parents and Meet the Fockers. I just cannot stop watching those damn movies. Uh, They're both available to stream for free on Tubi. And if you've not seen Meet the Parents, Are You From Mars? It's one of the greatest movies of all time. Probably the at least top 10 greatest comedies of all time. So good. So, so good. I don't, like, I think the great thing about Meet the Parents is how, like, simplistic and simple the jokes are, you know? Like, Meet the Fockers went, I, I like Meet the Fockers, but it rehashed a lot of the jokes from the first movie, and it also just went way too, like, raunchy, I think. And I get it, because Ross Fokker is a sex therapist specializing in senior sexuality, but, yeah, I don't know. The bomb line and Meet the Parents just cracks me up every time. What's wrong with saying bomb in an airplane? You can't say bomb in an airplane! Oh, so good. Anyway, um, okay, I needed to have that little moment of levity. So yeah, obviously, if you made it this far into the podcast, then you know that um, I am going to be, this is going to be a really hard episode. I may have to awkwardly chuckle and chortle a a lot uh, during this episode. Uh, This is a movie that is, I think this is the first movie since doing this podcast where I truly had to look away. And I actually felt physically sick. And I watched this by myself, of course. And I actually out loud went, oh my God, no hyperbole. Like I actually out loud yelled and I don't ever do that to movies ever, ever. It's a very famous movie. It's a cult classic. And yeah, and also like if there were long extreme pauses during this episode, I do apologize. But um, okay, okay, I can do this. Come on, don't be a wimp, Matt, come on. I just thought myself that'll get me a little energized. Okay, let's just get right into it. Okay, because this is, you know, it's an interesting movie to talk about. I'm very fascinated by it, mainly because I'm fascinated by people like it so much. Uh, And I'm making this sound like a horror movie or like a thriller. No, 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 it's not that. It's a black comedy. Uh, Today, I'm going to try to talk about, without throwing up, uh, a very famous... Very, very famous, very controversial black comedy called Pink Flamingos. Did you happen to hear about it? From some friends who saw it and thought it was absolutely marvelous. Probably, I'll be very insulted. Rex Reed Reed told us that it's uh, fabulous. Would you come out at midnight to see it? Why go home at midnight? What are you going to see there? I guess there's just two hours of people. 
people, Miss Sandstone, my kind of people, and athletes. Fantastic. Third time I've been to it. It's an incredible head thing for people. Oh, it's marvelous. Absolutely. Most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Not to be believed. Absolutely outrageous. It was divine. Fabulous. better than cries and whispers. I think it's the future of city living. Oh, fantastic. It was really fun. Excellent. Yes. Loved it. Really good. Really good. Right? It's great. Piece of garbage. I have an aversion to snakes. It was divine. I love religious movies. It's a little gross, but I liked it. Well, it was uh, really the grossest film I'd seen. I think John Waters has got his finger on the pulse of America. I think he's got his thumb securely up America's ass. I enjoy dirty things as much as everyone else does, but this isn't even dirty. It's just disgusting. Oh, my sweet Jesus. Oh, Lord. So, yeah, uh, that trailer, those were real attendees being interviewed. Those were all real people. So those were, those were all genuine, genuine reactions to this movie, Pink Flamingos. Um, this is a movie that um, I had never seen before. I'd always heard about it. I'd, I'd, it'd always been like that movie that, you know, was apparently really controversial when it came out. But there, there have always been controversial movies. There have been controversial movies since the beginning of time. And so many of them are harshly criticized when they come out. And then again, many, many years later, everyone's like, oops, we made a mistake. Actually, they're really good. Pink Flamingos uh, kind of is in that category. So I remember all these years past, like always recognizing that that famous image of the film of Divine, who uh, was a uh, drag queen. So Divine's real name was Harris Glenn Milstead. But uh, her stage name was Divine, so I'll be referring to her. I'll be using she, her pronouns as well, because Divine, you know, that's her that's her persona in this movie. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So I always, like, remembered the that shot of Divine wearing that red dress with um, that makeup and that huge wig, pointing a gun. And I never understood what this movie was about. Pink flamingo. What does that mean, pink flamingos? Now... The director, John Waters, he is very, very famous. His movies are like, he's like, he's like the, the, oh God, I like, like, like the, the father of what, of cult filmmaking, basically, you know, any movie that has a cult following, any movie that is so shocking when it comes out and then, and then everyone later is like, you know, it's like a huge hit and everybody loves it. That's him. He, um, you may even recognize John Waters. He's still alive, actually. He, he, um. Uh, I think he's most famous for uh, Hairspray. Now, before Hairspray became the famous, amazing, fantastic musical, it's like one of my favorite musicals ever, uh, it was just a movie. It was just a narrative movie, a PG, like mostly family-friendly movie uh, that came out in 1988, also starring Divine. 
uh, and uh, someone named Ricky Lake, who I don't know that well, but apparently she's very big. Yeah, like the Ricky Lake show. Is Ricky Lake still alive? I don't know Ricky Lake. I actually haven't seen Hairspray. I haven't seen the original non-musical um, Hairspray, but he's really famous for that. He's also really famous for Crybaby. Crybaby came out in 1990. It's like a teen musical. I've also never seen it. I'm sorry. Um, but Johnny Depp is in it. That's a very popular uh, movie. And again, it's a cult classic. It made no money when it came out. And then years passed and people loved it. Wink, wink. Sorry, I'm being weird. Um, yeah, so he's mostly famous for that. Now, his movies, though, those two movies I just mentioned, they're, they're kind of like not his usual shtick. Uh, they don't, they, they, they're not, uh, what am I trying to say? They're, they're not typical John Waters movies. John Waters is famous for making positively batshit, disgusting, controversial raunchy as F-U-C-K movies. Uh, his last movie... Now, the first time I ever heard about John Waters, and, I, and I'll get into this, um, the last movie that John Waters directed that was released in theaters was this movie called A Dirty Shame. It came out in 2004. It received an NC-17 rating and had a pretty big cast. Tracy Ullman was in it, Johnny Knoxville, Selma Blair. Uh, critics didn't like it, and it's actually not very... like It's not considered to be one of his best movies, but... Uh, that came out, and I first heard about John Waters because in college, I remember we had to watch this, um, in one of my classes, we had to watch this documentary called This Film Is Not Yet Rated. Amazing documentary. It's a good, it's a great documentary about how the MPAA is basically just a bunch of idiots because they are constantly giving NC-17 ratings to movies that show, like, sex and giving R ratings to movies where people's heads get blown up. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's outrageous. I have a lot to say about the NPA. They suck. But uh, I remember first seeing John Waters in that movie because he gets interviewed and he gets asked about A Dirty Shame. And he says, oh my God, I was so mad when it got an NC-17. And I, I, I don't know if that's the reason why he doesn't make movies anymore. But uh, he said something in that movie that really stuck with me unfortunately and it really showed me oh my god this is this is the type of character that that john waters is john waters talks about <sighs> felching <laughs> did you hear that my voice literally just cracked when i said that because it's disgusting felching is a real thing friends felching is when you have sex with someone and you slurp uh <sighs> oh my god i can't believe i'm saying this I don't know if I should even say this. You know, this doesn't have anything to do with the movie, so I'm just going to say this. Don't Google felching. Uh, it's not safe for work, so Google it, like, in your free time. But he he, to he, 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 he talks about felching, and it's so disgusting. And I remember just thinking, oh, my God, that guy, like, that guy is, like, he's a character. And he is. He's a character. I have nothing bad to say about John Waters. No, no, no. That's just, again, it's a shtick. He's a dirty-ass guy. He is a disgusting, dirty-ass guy. I mean, if you've ever seen Hairspray the Musical, you know the line, uh, the lyric in Good Morning Baltimore where Nikki Blonsky, who plays Tracy Turnblad, she's she's walking down the street and she sings, there's the flasher who lives next door. And then you see that flasher guy, you know, whip open his coat and, you know, to flash people. That's John Waters. That That's him in that movie. That's a little cameo that he has. And that is like John Waters in a, in a nutshell. Um... Well, I cannot believe it would ever come that I would 
almost talk about felching on this podcast. Jesus freaking Christ. Um, I am going to curse a little bit on this podcast. I need to because um, it's it's kind of a little healthy and I have to because it does relate to this movie. It pertains to this movie because there's a lot of cursing in this movie and there's just terms that I can't really say uh, like like uh, like in a professional manner in a way. you know. And also cursing is kind of fun. I hate to admit it, but it is. You know why cursing is fun? Because it's really fun to enunciate some of the curse words, you know? Like, damn. Damn. You know? Shit. <laughs> and then my favorite. Fuck. You know? It's good. It's good. Like, I feel like if I was, like, a famous singer, like, I, that would be, like, my little warm-up. You know? Fuck. <laughs> you know, it's good. Um, Pink Flamingos, though, very famous movie. Uh, I think it was one of, I think it was probably uh, what, uh, one of his first movies. And this is the movie that got John Waters, you know, be, into, you know, the movie scene. Came out in 1972, was written, directed by, edited, and filmed by John Waters. Super, super, super low budget. John Waters actually filmed this movie on weekends. And on weekdays, he would, like, try and make money, you know? That's how low budget this movie is. And you can tell it's low budget. And you can tell that this is like a weird, twisted SNL skit. Because just the way that that characters, uh, like, act in this movie. Also, I'm sorry. Did I say he edited this? I don't I don't think he edited this. He, fi he did film it, though. He did film it. Oh, no. He did edit it. I'm sorry. Okay. So this was like his baby. This Like, he did everything for this movie. He claimed that he was very high when he wrote the script for this movie. And, um... I mean, if you heard anything from that 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 uh, trailer in the beginning of this movie, you know that this movie obviously impacted a lot of people because of how revolting and disgusting it was. This is not a sexy movie. This is a movie that features some of the most grotesque imagery I've ever seen in a movie. And look, I'm all for sensational cinema if it's done well. I'm all for movies that are ridiculous and over the top. And some of those movies are like my favorites, you know? So I totally get that. I did not understand any of it in Pink Flamingos. I, I, I don't. You know, the movie is described like the tagline is an exercise in poor taste. And that that's totally what the movie is. And I get it. The movie wants to be disgusting. The movie wants to be brutal and a tough watch. But why? I don't understand... The satire in this movie. I don't. I really, really don't. And I have to be really blunt. I don't ever want to fucking watch this movie again. <laughs> I, like... I... I, I, I there, there are just... There are moments in this movie that I will never be able to get out of my head. And they're not funny moments, you know? They're not. They're just gross moments. I'm going to read you guys, uh, and then I will... I, I will tell you what this movie is about and this you know i already gave you like 50 trigger warnings but uh so i will cut to the chase and say you know this movie was uh re-released in 1997 and it was rated nc-17 shocking for quote-unquote a wide range of perversions and explicit detail and i just want to tell you guys uh the notes that i took during this movie because I take so many notes and sometimes I just get really brutal in my notes. So I am reading you verbatim what I typed as I was watching this movie. 
God. Why the fuck is the mother in a playpen? Why did Divine just shove a piece of steak in between her legs? Why did he tie a sausage to his dick and flash it to those girls? They run a baby ring where they keep two women captive, let them get raped, and then sell the babies to lesbians? Why is he trying to shove chickens into her vagina while he fucks her? What is with the anus shots? Fuck! <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't get it. I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get the, the shock, the purpose of the shock value in this movie. John Waters does not give a flying... Uh, well, I've already cursed, so I can say. He doesn't give a flying fuck in this movie. John Waters, intentionally, I get it. He wants this movie to be outrageous. And you can tell that he got a lot of inspiration from underground films. Now, underground films, these were kind of like movie art artistic movies that were filmed uh by like people of, of like uh hippies basically you know like in new york city there was like a big underground culture where these artists and these poets they would go to these like uh oh god what's it called like a party that's like hit it like in like the basement of like a bar that like you don't know it's there but it's there and you have to like give a password or do something it was kind of like that and these people, they would, yeah, they would do a lot of drugs. They would have a lot of sex and they would film a lot of things. And it was, it was just meant to be like freeing, you know? And I don't have an issue with those movies. I don't think I've ever seen a real underground movie, but I, I did see, I totally forget the name. I saw a documentary once about a famous uh, female director who did a lot of underground movies. And yeah, the movies were very graphic. It's real people having sexy sex. Yeah. And you see really up close shots of penetration, but it's just sex. It's not, it's not a gross thing in those movies. So what Waters does is he kind of twists it. He basically makes an underground movie with a very preposterous over the top, uh, really offensive and insulting plot. And he just takes it as extreme as he can possibly go. And I don't even know if there is a message that he's trying to make here about America. I know probably a lot of critics, obviously, because this movie has maintained such a huge legacy. So many critics have applauded this movie. Some, a lot of famous directors love this movie, too. So maybe there is some kind of weird message about the, the, depra the depravity. Depravity, is that a word? Did I just make it up? I, I made it up. I don't know. Maybe Waters is trying to make you know, a statement about that. You know, there's a very, um, and I will get into the movie. I'm kind of avoiding it just because it's going to be hard. <laughs> but um, there was a scene in this movie where, you know, Divine, who, who plays herself in this movie, she is walking down the street and graffitied on the wall of this building is, in, is all in big letters, free Tex Watson. Who is Tex Watson? Tex Watson was one of the killers in the, uh, Sharon Tate LaBianca murders that were done by the Manson cult people. He was like, like the main killer. So a lot of people who don't know crime or aren't familiar with the Manson murders, uh, you know, Charles Manson actually didn't do any of the killing. He just asked his leaders or his uh, followers to go and do it. Tex Watson, it was him and, and uh, four other women, I no three other women and they did all the killing, but Tex like did the most of it. Yeah. Now, why is that in this movie? That That's the only kind of good part I liked about this movie. Not that I support Tex Watson. Oh, hell no. Screw that guy. No, but I liked... I could understand the statement that Waters was trying to make in that he's establishing 
the setting of this movie, and he's kind of establishing this this ideology that, you know, wow, okay, so this is the America that we're living in right now. This movie came out just a few years after the Manson murders, too. So I like that. I like that part. I understood this, the satire and the really dark, dark, the darkness there, you know? I, I, I got that. Guys, the rest of this movie, I just, I, 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 uh, why? 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 I just, if you've seen this movie, honestly, let me know. And, and you love this movie, let me know. I have no shame for you if you really do like this movie, but um, I don't get it. All right, let's get into this movie because you're probably, if you don't know it, you're like, well, what, what's so bad about it? Okay. Pink Flamingos takes place in this uh, town in Phoenix, Maryland. John Waters was born in Baltimore, Maryland, so he loves using that in his, that setting in his movies. Divine is this filthy drag queen, literally filthy, like, like uh, borderline, psych no, not even freaking borderline, psychotic person living uh, with her son. Her son's name is Crackers. Uh, they have a, uh, a traveling companion. Her name is Cotton. And um, Divine's mother is named Edie. And she's this overweight woman who Divine keeps in a playpen in the house. In this like little tiny depressing looking trailer basically. Yeah. Uh, so we, we see this really early on in the movie. And uh, Divine also, she doesn't, uh, she lives under the pseudonym named Babs Johnson. So there's a lot of characters here. Edie is the mom. Crackers is her son. Cotton, you don't really have to remember that well. But Divine, in town, uh, there's basically this tabloid newspaper that has declared Divine as the quote-unquote filthiest person alive. Okay. Now two other characters come into play who, who are also psychotic and should be freaking like, incarcerated. Their names are Connie and Raymond Marbles. The Marbles. They are disgusting human beings. They run a black market baby ring where they kidnap women. They have their manservant, a guy named Channing, impregnate them. They keep these women like locked up in this like hole basically in, in their basement. He rapes them. And then when the women give birth to babies, they sell the babies to lesbian couples who come to the house and are interviewed and they sell them to them. They sell the babies to them. Yeah. And uh, you see it. When I say you see it, I mean you see Channing use like a like a pipette or like a turkey baster to slurp up his semen. And then you see him insert it into a vagina. I don't get it. Are, are, is this supposed to be like funny? Am I supposed to laugh? Or am I supposed to be shocked? I was shocked, but... I think that was just taking it too far. Um, I'm again, I'm all for dark movies and satire, but like, are you kidding me? So Connie and Raymond, we, we, we learn more about them. They're, they're just, they're creepy. There's nothing wrong with having a foot fetish, but they, you know, there's a really long sex scene where they are just sucking on each other's toes, butt naked on, in bed, not even having, you know, there's no penetration. They're just moaning and sucking each other's feet. That's just, oh God, that's so gross. Uh, Raymond also loves to run around town and scare people, particularly young women, by flashing his penis and showing that there is a big sausage tied around his penis. 
Yeah. So he just likes to do that in his free time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so what, what what is the plot of this movie? Okay, um, I hope you're still here. <laughs> Connie and Raymond, they find out that Divine has been declared the filthiest person alive, and they're so mad about it. They're so jealous. They're rivals, and they want to bring her down and let the town know that, no, they are more, they are more filthy than her. So how do they do that? Where, well, they hire this spy, this woman named Cookie, to basically infiltrate Divine and, and her family. So they do this by having Cookie go and date Crackers. Remember, Crackers is uh, Divine's son. Uh, it gets really dark very fast because uh, Crackers ends up raping Cookie by raping her and shoving chickens like in between their stomachs as he is penetrating her. Now, this is a real thing. It's called a crush fetish. A crush fetish, quote is a fetish where sexual arousal is associated with observing objects being crushed or being crushed oneself. Um, and in this movie, those are real chickens getting crushed. And one of the chickens actually died while they were doing the scene. Um, and I guess it's okay because they ended up uh, eating the chicken later. Yeah. Also, while this is happening, Cotton, uh, yeah, Cotton, uh, the, the woman, the companion that, uh, I don't even know if companion is the right word. I don't even know what Cotton is doing in this movie, really. She is a voyeur, and she's basically watching this rape happen. Um, so Cookie, and also, it's just, it's it's like, there's blood. Is it real blood? It probably was real blood, because those are real freaking chickens that this actor, Cotton, Cotton was played by, the, by this actor named, um, or no, I'm sorry, not Cotton. Crackers was played by this actor named Danny Mills. That's really him naked shoving, um, or not shoving, but, you know, really pressing these freaking chickens on this actress's stomach. And chickens have beaks, and they were probably scared and, sorry, like the vegan in me, it just gets, like, so upset about that. And uh, Danny Mills, I read, he actually never acted again after this movie, and he apparently... He apparently regretted starring in this movie, and he and one of his biggest regrets was the chicken scene. You think, Danny? You think? <laughs> I know that, you know, we all want to act, but, like, you think really doing that scene would, would like, make you... I, oh, my God. Every actor in this movie, like, what were they thinking? I just don't get it. Um, so, uh, Cookie, or, uh, no, what's her name? No, where did I just get... Where did I leave off? Oh, the rape. Yes. Yeah, so, Cookie is miraculously... Okay, uh, she's fine. Uh, that scene kind of just ends and she seems to be okay. She returns the information back to the marbles. And the marbles, you know, get revenge, basically, by sending a box of human feces to Divine. And that's real poop in the box. And that's not only real poop, that is Divine's poop in the box. Uh, so they send it. Divine and her family are furious. And there's like a war. It's like war now. You know, this is basically where they declare that, you know, war is happening. So a war is going to happen now. The marbles, things are getting nasty. If they're not nasty enough already, they um, sneak into uh, Divine's birthday party, a party that she's having at her place. And it's a crazy party. There is a like a cow's head or a pig's head. I'm sorry that she's eating. Um, everybody's going crazy. There's, uh, a woman topless doing this act with a snake. And then there's a naked guy, 
with a quote-unquote prolapsed anus. What is a prolapsed anus? It's also known as a rectal prolapse. What he does is he basically is butt naked on the ground and he he lifts his whole butt up in the air and he makes his his butt just go and the whole thing opens up like to the size of like a baseball and you see right in it uh okay anyway what happens next well the marbles end up just calling the cops on divine the cops arrive and Divine and everybody, uh, they kill the cops and then they get this, uh, like, meat cleaver and they chop them up and they eat them. I'm telling the truth here, too. I just want you guys to know that I really am telling the truth. Uh, a few scenes later, Divine and Crackers, her son, they go to the Marble's house and they just start to... They start licking all the furniture there. I think just to... to Again, get revenge. And then Divine goes down on Crackers. Crackers is her son. And this is a real scene. That's a real BJ right there. Yeah. They eventually find uh, the women in the basement. And I forgot to say, too, uh, Channing, you know, the rapist who has been impregnating the women in the Marbles' house, he's been punished because when the Marbles were away, uh, he basically like pretended to be them. He dressed up in Connie's clothes. And when the family or when the couple found out, they locked him up in the basement with the women that he was raping. So divine and crackers discover these, these women and the women, uh, cash, they get revenge on Channing and they castrate him. Now the real final blow is when the Marbles, uh, go to Divine's trailer, and they burn it. So everything gets burned down, and Divine and, and Cotton and Crackers, they're just heartbroken. Uh, they eventually go to the Marbles' home. They kidnap them. Um, they also kidnap them, and they, like, tie them up to this tree, and Divine gets these other, uh, like, real, like, newspaper people to come and watch them, and they tar and feather them. Divine gives this big speech where she says, these people are awful and I'm the real, you know, I'm the biggest asshole there is. And, and these people are just awful and, and I'm going to show it to them. And so they tie them to a tree, they tar and feather them. And then divine shoots them each in the head. Yep. How does this movie end? Do you want to hear more? So divine crackers and cotton, um, move away to Boise, Idaho, and they're walking in the street and Divine sees a dog pooping on the street and Divine runs up to the dog, picks up the dog poop and eats it and is like smiling and there's like crazy music playing and then the movie ends. I have, uh, you know, wow. I was really afraid to do that. You guys, look, I've seen my fair share of, of twisted movies. I've seen Terrifier 2. I've seen Terrifier 1. I've seen movies that even I have been, like, I, I cannot even watch this, like, what in the actual living fuck. But um, that is the movie for you. And I did not exaggerate anything. That is Pink Flamingos for you. Now, why was it so groundbreaking back then? Well... 
And I say it was groundbreaking. It really was. This was like a, a midnight movie. You know, this is kind of like Rocky Horror Picture Show. This was the movie that everybody heard about and they all went to go see it late at night and people were grossed out. There were even some theaters, this is true, they actually handed out, quote, pink flamingo barf bags. Get it? Flem? So they would give out barf bags to people. I would have thrown up if I saw this in the freaking 70s. I mean, Christ almighty. John Waters actually even said, too, that he um, doesn't regret this movie. He doesn't regret any of the scenes or the writing. The only scene that he does regret was the incestual blowjob scene because the actors, Divine and Danny Mills, they actually were friends in real life, and he felt bad that, you know, they had to do that scene. Um, now, I don't know much about that story. I really hope that Divine and Mills, you know, it was obviously consensual and they both were okay with it, but who knows? Uh, Divine as well was like crazy during this movie. Uh, Divine really did eat the dog poop at the end. That is real dog poop. That's her real reaction to eating the dog poop. There's a story that after that scene, in order to get the dog poop out of her mouth and to clean her mouth, she actually stole a toothbrush from someone that she didn't like and brushed off all the poop and then gave the toothbrush back. Uh, Divine was also arrested, for real, uh, during this movie, for, for, uh, for stealing, that is. And she argued that she was just really into character. And... That's why she did it. She just said, I'm playing a, lun a lunatic and I just, I'm sorry. So I, it's not really me. Well, I, the, oh my God. I think that's kind of maybe why people are just so fascinated by this freaking movie because they cannot believe how real it is. Now, here's my thing though. This movie is on Sight and Sound's top greatest movies of all time. Top greatest movies of all time. Not top cult movies or top ridiculous or top controversial movies. Top greatest movies of all time. I cannot for the life of me even wrap my head around that. I, 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 I can't. I've read a lot of reviews of this movie and... I think what confuses me most is how a lot of critics have said, oh, the movie is such a groundbreaking, uh, it's such a groundbreaking movie for its depiction of, you know, the trans community and the LGBTQ plus community. It's groundbreaking in that, yeah, there are, uh, you know, Divine is in this movie and there's another small character who, who is uh, trans in this movie. Okay, it's groundbreaking that, yes, this is a movie that came out in, 19, in 1972 and it features a, a character in drag as the lead. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really groundbreaking because drag right now is all over the place. And it is, um, unfortunately, you know, a lot of people still hate it. But, <laughs> I mean, drag right now is okay and it's depicted in an okay, funny very liberating fashion. In Pink Flamingos, it's treated horribly because Divine is a psychopath in this movie. So what's, wh how is this a good depiction of the LGBTQ plus community? It's like an F you to the community. You know, now, now John Waters too, he's gay. Uh, you know, uh, so again, maybe he intentionally did that to kind of make like an F you statement to homophobics everywhere. Uh, maybe so. Maybe so. I can kind of understand that. I just still can't understand the outrageousness of it though. Um, I just have to read this quote too. You know, Divine, uh, Divine passed away in 1980. I actually think Hairspray was her last movie that she did. 
Divine was quoted, you know, because this movie, like, made her a superstar, and everybody could not stop talking about the dog shit, and that she really ate it, and that she also really did poop and put her own poop in that box in that one scene. She was quoted as saying, regarding the scene when she, with the dog and the poop, she said, I followed, I followed that dog around for three hours, just zooming in on its asshole. <laughs> um... And she also just said, you know, the, the scene with the box of poop, like, she was only known as the poop actress. She said, quote, I've received boxes of dog shit, plastic dog shit. I have gone to parties where people just sh sit around, shit around, sorry. People just sit around and talk about dog shit because they think it's what I want to talk about. <laughs> Divine, look, rest in peace. And again, look, I applaud every actor in this movie for being brave and doing this movie in general. But at the same time, I mean, I can't blame these actors for like the, the, you know, the, the sensationalism they put themselves into. You signed up to do a movie where you're going to eat poop. You signed up to do a movie where you play a character where you are having sex with a woman while, while with, with chickens, you know, you're, and you sign up to do this movie. And then later on, you're kind of, like, regretting it, and you're kind of talking about, why? well, why is everyone so, like, you know, like, why do they think I'm this way? Well, honey, it's because you're actually doing it in the movie. <laughs> yeah. That's why. So, I don't mean, this isn't, like, an attack on any of the actors, you know? Look, and this movie came out in 1972, so... It's long gone, It's it's but its legacy is still here, and I think, you know, I can't really defend anything about this movie. I can't defend John Waters. I can't defend any of the actors who have, you know, alleged that they ended up, the movie quote-unquote ruined their lives and they didn't they didn't like doing it. I, 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 I can't. Um, this movie is in a world by itself and I hated it. I do not recommend this movie for one second. I will say if there's anything positive to say about the movie, it's that the movie has baffled me in j just just in, in its sheer existence, you know? It's baffled me because I've never seen a movie this disgusting ever. And I think what's baffling to me as well is the fact that so many people love it. I mean, they obviously love it because it's on Satan Sound's top greatest movies of all time. What's the moral of Pink Flamingos? Don't act like any character in Pink Flamingos. <laughs> Need I really go into all the specifics? Guys, I've traumatized you enough. I'm not going to do that. Oh, me, oh my. Um, if you are into really controversial movies, though, um, and you do want to check this out, then okay. But don't say I didn't warn you. And uh, I'm sorry, my chair keeps squeaking. Uh, don't say I didn't warn you. And don't say I didn't warn you. How many times can I say this uh pink flamingos is not currently streaming anywhere um you can i think you can't wait where did i watch this movie i totally forget how i watched this it's been a while but you can purchase it if you want to and i think you may be able to find it on you know like youtube or um uh what is it I'm so traumatized right now. YouTube, Apple TV, whatever. I think there actually is a copy on YouTube that you can watch for free before it gets taken down if you want to. But again, I don't recommend it. But, um, you know, feel free to do what you want, honestly. But 
wow, I need to like go have a drink right now. I seriously like cannot believe I just explained that. This has been probably the most, I kid you not, the most hard episode I've ever had to do. And I'm surprised I made it this far. I actually just pulled a muscle in my the left side of my neck while I was discussing this movie. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. Well, good news is this, friends. This is over. And the next episode is a very fun movie and there's no poop or incest or rape or blood or cannibalism or weird sexual fetishes or anything like that. It's a very famous, fun, family-friendly movie. It's kind of scary, but it's great. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. If you did make it this far, uh, you know, some movies are not going to be hard to talk about, but I'm really glad that I did this because you know what? It is a classic. I'm glad I watched it, but I'm never freaking watching it again. <laughs> anyway, thanks for tuning in to another episode of I'm Reviewing Here. New episodes are every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Leave a good review. Um, it really does help. It. You guys are helping me out so much by doing that. Uh, you can also subscribe to I'm Reviewing Here on YouTube. New episodes drop the same day as they do on the podcast. You can catch the podcast wherever you catch you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Instagram at I'm Reviewing Here. You can follow me personally at Mabusi. Mabusi, it's my last name. It's why there's no joke there. Okay, um, there's been no joking at all during this episode. I I swear to God. Um, and yeah, please do not hate me for this episode. And I will catch you next time. I'm going to go watch a happy movie now with no poop. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs>